Kamenetsky Brothers Podcast, Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky. It is Monday, the 9th of July, I believe, Andy. It is. Um, so, I, wow, we're off to a really strong start. And uh, a lot to cover today. Um, a lot that's been previously covered, right. then torpedoed by the just sort of speed with which news carries we got during out the of, NBA free agency beginnings. Correct. We got out of last week's podcast, and... I don't even make this. It's not it was recorded like, right after the news of LeBron coming to the Lakers. Right. That so broke we, on a Sunday. We right, recorded like, on a this Monday. This is important. We yes. should come and talk about this. It's LeBron James. And so other th- we started talking about like what else might be coming. And you know, people say, oh, like 10 minutes later, it was like totally blown up. And they use it as a figure of speech. Literally 10 minutes after we were done with this, the Lakers renounced uh, Julius Randle and announced the signing of Rajon Rondo. And so... About 65% of our podcast was gutted. Yes. Destroyed. So so that thing didn't have much of a shelf life. So we're back this week. Uh, A lot to cover. We'll do that. We'll we'll get into some of the stuff about Randall and Rondo because it's important. Uh, Carmelo Anthony is in the news, and we'll tell you whether or not it's a good idea if he's linked to the Lakers. Who else the Lakers might look to sign in free agency? they got a little money left over. And man alive, Andy. I didn't see this coming. When you think about free agent news, that uh, LiAngelo Ball would end up in the JBL. But it's happened, so we definitely need to talk about that. Yeah. I mean, he he must have had a very good interview with the Los Angeles Ballers. Right. Oh, God. They're, apparently, they're all named the Ballers. I, it is my understanding, based off this press release, I, I have not been keeping <laughs> following up. Following closely. <laughs> I, I have been mostly following their press releases. But in the press le- release, which we will read uh, later in the show about LiAngelo Ball joining the Los Angeles Ballers, teaming up, by the way, with LaMelo Ball, right. two-thirds of the way there towards the dream, Brian. Of all three ball kids. those are not going to be honestly refereed games. <laughs> all three kids, though, playing together. All they need Los to do Angeles. is convince. That's what I'm saying. They're two-thirds of the way there. Um, but uh, it's my understanding from this press release, uh, from what I gather, that all well, the teams around now, uh, around our great nation are the ballers. I actually think that's kind of brilliant. It is actually I mean, kind for of all the things that we make fun of, LeVar and, and the business infrastructure and all that, that's kind of brilliant. Well, I mean, look, if you're going to do something stupid, you might as well make it fun and stupid. Hey, and mission accomplished. Look, if Paul it. Brown can name the the team after himself, yeah, then why can't Lavar Ball name every team after himself? Uh, so we'll get to that. Uh, let's, but let's start with uh, Randall because uh, apparently what happened is, and as Ramona Shelburne's reporting is, is that he wanted to be renounced. He asked yes. the Lakers. To renounce his rights, which sounds uh, in- incredibly I l- dramatic. I love it. Renounce. I, I renounce you. Everything about you, Julius Randall, and everything you stand for, we renounce. Yeah, I, I, wrote, I would turn my back on you now. I, I wrote a piece about this on the Athletic. Where, uh, for people who aren't aware, we're both now uh, writing for the Athletic, uh, the LA branch, and you should be subscribing. By the way, a lot of great. Uh, Lakers coverage. It may still in be possible for you to get a T-shirt. Yeah, but uh, there's a lot of terrific Lakers coverage there. Bill Orem, Pete Zayas. Um, but renouncing is sounds like something that like you know a 12th century king yeah. would do to like his disloyal brother sure. you know you renounce his birthright and send him to some evil forest it's the jazz singer like <laughs> i have no son i mean right. that's really what the lakers do here it's a little much it's great for for just you know <laughs> hey all team it, and player are going to part ways. Well, all it means we're, is we're, we're not we're not signing you. Right. It's but a little it's much. way better than we're not signing but you. But in though. this particular case, though, with everything that had led up to 
Julius Randle eventually asking for his rights to be renounced, it actually felt apropos. Because there had been so much building up to this point that really a renouncing of the rights was the best way to do it. Yeah, that's funny because like the the renouncing part, you get to that, it's like, okay, well, if he doesn't want to be here, he doesn't want to be here and we let him go. But the question you, you then have to ask is, did they – why? Why why were they in a position that Randall felt like he needed to be renounced, his role wouldn't be clear, he didn't have a future here and all that? Now, I, happen to, I, think, I happen to think he's wrong. I think he could have had a really good future here. But my opinion was less important than his. And you know, we, we've rightly, I think, pointed out the ways that the front office has done a really good job of maneuvering from where we were a couple years ago to where they are now. But there have been a few moments where they've kind of screwed it up, and I think this is one of them. Because whether they really wanted to keep Randall or not, they clearly last year thought they weren't going to, didn't treat him with a lot of importance, and ended up undercutting what became an incredibly valuable piece and instead of being able to get something out of it or being in a position where they could sign him to what probably would have been a pretty reasonable contract, you know, twelve, thirteen million dollars a year for three or four years, which given how Randall played would have been, you know, was was very reasonable, very team friendly, and very usable around the league. You gotta trade it. They put themselves in this position where he just never felt like he was part of the future. And even if you think he's not, you can't behave in that way. Yeah, that, you have to make the guy think that he is, and it's kind of mean, I suppose. But that's how you got to do it. Yeah, one of the things I wrote in this piece was uh, sports has a reputation as a meritocracy. But that's, you quoting yourself? Yeah, I am quoting myself. But that again, <laughs> you should subscribe so you can read the whole thing. But that's as naive as an adult believing in Santa Claus. Like everything, politics and broader agendas seep into the mix. Still, the best organizations find ways to mask that reality. Yep. And forget the fact that the Lakers never Sign found up, a... and Andy will read the whole thing to you. <laughs> I'll actually show up at your home. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'll just show up and I'll orate, and then I'll leave. <laughs> it's all part of your subscription yeah. rate. In that sense, but it's you really can't a get bummer. that and the T-shirt. No, it's <laughs> only one, one, one or the other. You either get me orating or I get a T-shirt. Personally recommend a t-shirt <laughs> certainly i mean there, there's certainly less waiting around i mean you, you do have to work around my what's, schedule what's, what's your, not, yeah i mean i'm not on demand <laughs> like you know this isn't like your cable and you box. only get one story um but i mean like forget the idea that the lakers didn't actually find a way to mask that reality they never tried no. i mean really, like they really didn't over the over the course of the season like you know Julius went from having what seemed to be a predetermined role off the bench. Mm-hmm. You know, it was seemed to be determined in training camp, despite the fact that Brooke Lopez and Julius Randle on paper seemed like a very good fit together. And then once Julius was playing so well that Luke really had no choice but to start him, Luke would praise him, and none of this ever seemed necessarily personal. But the praise always felt muted yeah. by comparison to like what Brandon Ingram would get or what Lonzo Ball would get yeah. or Josh Hart or Kyle Kuzma. There just always seemed to be less of a full-throated acceptance and enthusiasm about Julius compared to the other young core. I, I don't think – for me it was less about Luke because even going back to last year and the year before that, you know, the two years they spent together – Julius, in, in his happier moments, would talk about how Luke would drive him that way. And the, I mean, I think that was part of how Luke saw getting, I, I mean, the, the, the ways he would praise, not praise, criticize, whatever. The playing time issues are, are, are different. I, I think 
for me, it's just the sort of the overall, like the messaging you got from higher above Luke. I think it was everybody. And, you know, that they was just never really part of that. Yeah. And it, it's not the end of the world. And I don't know what would have come of it necessarily, but it is definitely a waste of, of potential there. Cause I think he's going to play very well in, in uh, New Orleans next to Anthony oh, Davis. And, and uh, Nikola Mirotic. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, just, that's a really good front good court. Good front court. And, you know, Randall's shortcomings are, you know, we think about the power forward needing to stretch the floor for the center. It's the other way around in, in New Orleans where they have two guys who can create space for all Randall. All three of them can play off each other. Yeah, and they it can should all, work really any, well. Uh, by the way, too, I mean, and we're going to get into this in a second because we're going to talk about the offseason acquisitions so far, re-signings, and how it looks like it's shaking out. One thing the Lakers could actually use right now is a small ball center. Yeah. And Julius Randle actually could was a that very guy. good small ball center. Um, so that's that. And, you know, there's not much you can do about it now. But in the grand scheme of things, I will chalk this up as a loss. Yes. For, for well, you, you and I have been very management. much proponents of Julius Randle yep. for the last few years. And, you know, do do I think he's going to go down as, you know, like a Sam Bowie versus Michael Jordan type of decision no, that I mean, they, they botched? They, they, over the course of time, put themselves in a position where they made a relationship untenable with an important yes. player. Some of it could, could have come down to the agent, too. They don't seem to have a really good relationship with Aaron Mintz. <laughs> no, it, it, I would not be like looking. Aaron, no, Aaron Mintz, it's, it's sort of the exact opposite of the current relationship with Clutch Sports. Yeah, well, I mean, for people who are unfamiliar, Aaron Mintz is also D'Angelo Russell's agent, also Paul George's agent. Right, none of those turned out well. No, no. Um, so there, there you have it. Uh, the flip side of that is, you know, seconds after the Randall renouncement, which was, whoa, then you got, whoa, when they announced the, uh, that Rajan Rondo had signed for a year. And this is, this one is one that the more I've sort of sat with it at the time, I was like, what? <laughs> um, and at, over the course of the week or so, I've gotten much more comfortable with this one. Um, the Lakers clearly, Sending a, a message to Lonzo, which I think matters. Um, that that's not an insignificant part of this development. And then too, I think you know they they've wanted they've been interested in Rondo even going back to last year. They clearly value his intelligence on the floor. They value his ability to to facilitate. I think both of both the first and a second unit, particularly with LeBron out. As we've heard the strategy articulated, Andy, is the idea is to create easier opportunities for LeBron to score without he, James himself having to handle the ball. And if nothing else, in terms of raw basketball intelligence, LeBron James and Rajon Rondo might be two of the three or four or five literally smartest players in the NBA. Yeah, there's These no question. These guys are both savants. I mean, and watching them play together... Could be a lot of fun. Well, I mean, it's funny. You, you and I. I mean, everyone talks about R- Rajon Rondo being a Connect Four savant, which he is. Right. And we you, played. I played Connect Four with yes, him. Yes, uh, we we were working with him when he was a Red Bull athlete. I don't know if he still is or not, but we did some project with him where he actually played Connect Four against you and Sal Masakela at the same time. Beat us both. Yeah, beat you both. And in a lot of ways, being a Connect Four savant speaks to everything that is Rajon Rondo in the sense that, like a point guard. To succeed in Connect Four, you have to see everything like three or four moves ahead and be yeah, planning I, ahead. But also, too, if you are a Connect Four savant, you're also a weirdo. And yeah. Rajon Rondo is he a is. weird dude. But it's like it's also too like we get we 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 focus so much on the Connect Four part of it 
because it's like, oh, look, that's isn't that goofy? And he's he's a master of a child's game. If you go back and you read like profiles of, of Rondo and stuff like he was the kid who would sit in the back of math class. And have no, he's he, really like smart. have already ma- he is a legit kind of like genius guy. No, I'm not. I'm he would, not like master yes. like whole math things. And like they'd be wondering like, hey, dude, why aren't you paying attention? Yeah, he's like Chris Bosh with coding. Right, like Chris Bosh is a really he's just smart, smart guy. Theory. And he'd raise his, you know, like the, the teacher would call How? on Rondo and, and be like, try to catch him because he's not paying attention. You, or know, whatever. you know who he and is. And he's got the entire year's worth of math. You know done. who he is. He's good. He's Will Hunting yes, in Good right. Will Hunting. You know, figuring out that equation, even though he's just the janitor. Exactly. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I think though the parallels you really can't ignore. It. So, I mean, there's he is a slightly better shooter now than he gets credit for. He's not going to stretch a defense. He does not have, uh, as the kids say, gravity. Um, but he's not as bad at it as a catch and shoot guy or off the dribble. He's up, you know, <laughs> say Lance Stevenson. As say Lance Stevenson. We'll get to that. Uh, <laughs> But or, or as he used to be, you know, the, by right. reputation. Yes. Um, so it's not quite as much of a disaster there. But I think you cannot overlook the fact that his game and Lonzo's game are remarkably similar. Yeah. I mean, he's he's like an older version of Lonzo. He's an older, angrier, edgier, weirder. version, weirder version of Lonzo, and. I think that they want Lonzo to learn to be more like that, be more, you know, have more of an edge, have more of an intensity, uh, have more, take over a locker room a little bit more. So weirdness aside, there's no question that this is signaling to, to Lonzo, like we got some stuff for you to work on. Yeah. I mean, it's, he's a complicated signing Rondo, like in the sense that, you know, his presence immediately, like you said, speaks it creates that narrative about Lonzo Ball either not being here for the long haul or just being on notice. You know, immediately there was word, which out. isn't necessarily a bad it's thing. Not necessarily a bad thing, but it, it does it does muddy certain waters when you're talking about a guy who is now a year removed from being described as the franchise face, the transcendent player who was going to break all of yeah, Magic's record. We knew that was was not going to hold as soon as they... But that's always been the weirdness oh, of this whole thing. Well, as soon as they got players who were better than all of these guys, I've been saying Lonzo this for, wasn't going to be the face of the franchise a, anymore. I've been saying for a year that the minute they signed LeBron, if that did happen because he was clearly their number one target, we were all just going to pretend that all that crap was never said. Yeah, or Paul George, they trade for Kawhi or anything. It's like the minute they get their superstars, you know, the the, the cover of the media guide, which, by the way, is down to Brandon Ingram. <laughs> <laughs> Got one guy left on that cover. But I'm just saying, it just it does, he complicates things. And also, too, I mean, he is a mercurial guy. You know, and, and he's, oh yeah, no. From that perspective, he makes Luke's job a little trickier. What's funny about it is, though, he tends to thrive more in winning environments, yes, and, and by definition, be well, it better be. Yeah. Um, but what what is also interesting too is that he's mercurial, and he's crabby, and I can't even. Uh, uh, Tanya Ganguly wrote a had a great line on Twitter about covers the team for the LA uh, Times. for the Times uh, about his response to the way Anthony Davis had been playing in the playoffs. I can't even come close to quoting him. Needless to say, it was salty. Uh, it was blue. <laughs> uh, and, and that's, it was, uh, he's that guy, but the young players, as bad as things went in, in Chicago for him and for that team, by all the young players loved him. Sure. 
And every- well, I mean, but it's also in part because they were feuding with Dwayne Wade, and he seemed to also be feuding with Dwayne Wade. Right. But they. But my point is, like they, he he identified sure. really well with that group group of guys, and in New Orleans, that locker room, yes, swore by him. It's it's just going to be a very interesting dynamic in that locker room because any locker room with dy- with Rondo has an interesting dynamic, no question. So. Um, but there are ways he's definitely going to help the team. And, and he, I, I think if, if he clearly... can shoot a little bit and Lonzo can shoot a little bit. I mean, look, it's far more important that Lonzo yes. start being able to shoot because they actually drafted him with the idea of being able to shoot. So like, if, Rondo, it is what it is, right. whatever you get. Lonzo's supposed to be a guy with three-point range. If you can get him up to 35 36% from three this year, you could you can play them together. And, and in terms of playmaking... In terms of rebounding, in yes. terms of all these things, there's a lot that's good about this potential. Good luck getting the ball through the passing lanes with those two. Right, in the you got court. you know, the, and Rondo's defensive reputation is you know is more reputation at this point than it is demonstrable impact on that side. But him with Rondo with I mean or with Lonzo. You're going to get some steals and nothing You're else. You're going to get some steals. And we, and we saw, though, he can pick his spots to be effective in, in that opening round series against the Blazers. He was very good against mm-hmm. Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum. Yeah, so you put, you put that, you know, now you have a, you know, Lonzo averaged seven rebounds a game last year. Rondo has averaged as many as seven and a half. Josh Hart averaged, uh, when he started getting playing time, averaged like seven and a half in February and then six and a half in April. No, I was saying before That's three guys. I mean, this, these are your guards. Look, before Rondo was even in the picture, I've been saying for a while that I think Lonzo Ball and Josh Hart could be the best ba- rebounding backcourt mm-hmm. in the league. So now you add Rondo to that, and you know it, it does open up a lot of uh, of options for Walton, and, and you know depending on how they want to do it. So you just got to get a little bit of shooting in there. If if both those guys shoot enough, it'll work. Um, and I'm kind of curious to see what they do. Other things they need to do to the Lakers have about five and a half million dollars left to try to improve this team, as well as some minimum contracts. They don't have a lot of space. I think they only have one slot left over if they don't start cutting people. Right. Um, one guy. Let's make sure to I, I make sure everybody knows who they brought in, just to make sure to, to remind I, okay. everyone. Okay. Lance Stevenson, JaVale McGee, resign KCP and KCP. Okay. Um, I like to think people. No, it's more for now. the purposes of frame. No, but it's more for the purposes of framing. Right. Okay. Discussion. Well, after they got those guys and they signed Svi and they signed uh, Wagner, Wagner, we'll get to that in a second. Those guys are are playing, and uh, Bonga got a contract, so yes. he's going to be on the team. I thought he was going to be stashed. So did I. Actually. He's actually over here. We um, need to make sure he's eating. Yes, that's true. They brought worst in Germany. Still need. To, I mean, clearly, not, clearly not enough. Uh, so, but the, the the one of the names now, especially now that Brooke Lopez is is gone, he's going to go to Milwaukee. Is Carl that was a guy Anthony. everybody assumed would end up back on I, the Lakers? I'm not sure assumed, but hoped. A lot of people hoped. I hoped that he would he would be back on the Lakers, but he's not. Uh, Mello is going to be bought out or traded or something by the Thunder over the next few weeks. And while reports say that Houston is the front runner there, the Lakers are obviously a team that's going to be he's going to be linked to. I will get, let me give you the argument for. Because I know how you feel, and I think you know how I feel. But here's the argument for. If you can get Carmelo Anthony, who was not good, particularly over the second half in Oklahoma City last year, I think we'd agree, Yeah. to come off the bench mm-hmm. and play 15, 20 minutes a night, that Mello, as your sort of go-to second unit scorer, is against other second units, 
particularly, could be effective, and he will give you a a legitimate sort of go-to guy in those moments where LeBron is off the floor. That, Andy, is the argument for Carmelo Anthony. I think delivered with conviction. Yes. Um, I can feel it. I, you sort of like, you know, when you have to like enter the debate club and you, you have to get out there. Sometimes you have to argue things you don't believe in. Yeah, I do that but for I, a year on the debate club. I, I outlined the viable... I had to take strong stances, Brian, <laughs> on the use of pesticides, and I had no idea what I was talking about. Were you for or against them? Um, I believe I was for them, <laughs> which now, now, as I've learned more, feels even more respons- irresponsible. Shame. Uh, but I, we actually, uh, my debate partner and I had to come up with a lot of phony reasoning. I be, you know what? Actually, now that I think about it, I think we often over the course of a de- debate season had to speak for and against. And equally, we had no idea what we were talking right. about. What is the for? <laughs> like pollution and pesticides. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. I just remember one time we ended up against two, because uh, we, we grew up in St. Louis, for people who don't know, and we often ended up in these debates against people from different parts of Missouri, and one time we ended up against two guys who were actually farmers, oh. um, in which case my debate... Advantage them. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> my debate partner then said, he started out his uh, speech with, you're farmers, huh? Well, so are we. <laughs> and the best part of that was, he made his speech, making the case either for or against these pesticides, whatever it was, but the way the structure works, he made his speech... Then I went up there to get cross-examined based off everything he said, <laughs> to which point the person asking me ab- uh, about being a farmer, to which I, to which I confirmed, yes. Damn right. <laughs> yes, I am a farmer. He asked about the effect of these pesticides on our crops, to which I said that um, my father, <laughs> who is in charge of the farm, only lets me handle the livestock. <laughs> yeah. Got him off that thing. Shame. <laughs> I thought it was pretty convincing. That's a very convincing argument. I'm, I'm only sorry, in charge. I only of the, handle the livestock. I only handle the livestock. What are All you right. going to do? Uh, but anyway, so that's the argument for Mello. There's an argument against. There's a counterpoint. Yes. Go ahead. <laughs> the even if the Lakers are in the most win now of win now modes, the development of Brandon Ingram and Kyle Kuzma still matters if for no other reason than rating, raising their trade value so you can get, I guess, more win now. Reducing either of their minutes to give or their touches to give them to Carmelo Anthony can't be justified. I think even as a scorer, like at this stage of his career, is Carmelo Anthony actually a better, forget better player, is he actually a better scorer than Brandon Ingram or Kyle Kuzma? I don't think so. No. I mean, if you're certainly looking, less efficient than if, both of them. Right. Oh, he's way less efficient. If you're looking for a go to scorer off the bench the way this lineup seems to be shaking out, it would be Kyle Kuzma right now. Why would you want Melo to take that away from Kuzma? Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, like I said. Plus, I don't think Melo, even if Melo says he'll do that, he's not going to be happy it's not doing worth it. it. It's just not worth it. And it's one of those deals where, and then in that reduced role, is he that much more valuable than the guys you're blocking? Um, you know, does he suck up minutes from guys who are far more important? Yes, he does. Um, and also, too, I think, you know, when you listen to what they said, when you listen to Rondo, he was on our air last week, um, about how they're going to play. He says they're going to try to play fast. And that, I think, certainly at the very least, faster than, than LeBron typically does. They want to get LeBron out in front of breaks because 
not running him, run, you know, running the break, but no. get him out in front of it. Right, the There's recipient only, of the go-ahead. Only Russell Westbrook had more points finishing breaks than LeBron did because who the hell's going to get in the way of that? Not anyone. People just move. Um, and that's easy points for LeBron. It's easy, you know, easy stuff for him to do. Like it was a couple years ago when the Lakers had Kobe. And when Kobe was on the floor, they played slower. The minute he got off, they tried to run, 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 run. I suspect the second unit will try to do the same when LeBron does. Yeah, it's play. actually easy to picture this roster is you know currently constructed having a first unit that's going to be older and moves more methodically, moves more in half court than a second unit that just right. runs. Or you know, again, it, like the Lakers did with Kobe and Powell. You know, the, right. the, it's the a, bench mob. It's a what? A, yeah, and so. That, well, you that, said just when Kobe got off the floor. I just meant they like they had an entire right, second unit that, built yeah, for running. That's the idea. And so, regardless of how fast LeBron plays, those, they, there's still a good chance they'll try to speed it up even more when LeBron's off the floor. You can't do that with Carmelo Anthony. No. And so, I just it's just not a good idea. No, it's um, a really bad idea. With I mean, that and, he can possibly start in Houston. I really hope that everybody, including Mike D'Antoni, weird, can sell him on this. Yeah, I agree. Um I wouldn't do it if I were them, but that's just me. Uh, that said, though, there's not a lot left. And the Lakers, there's no perfect fit anymore in terms of, I think Lopez would have, for me, been the, the ideal, you know, fills a role, stretch guy. Maybe they think Wagner has played well enough that he can soak up some of those minutes um, or whatever it might be. But he's obviously off the board. And after that, it's, you know, if you probably figure they'll look for somebody who can shoot. It's Dante Cunningham type guys. Wayne Ellington. Wayne Ellington, James Ennis. You know, maybe you could. Uh, they've been linked to Luke Richard and Bob Mute, who's restricted, I believe. I'm not sure. No, I don't remember. But um, Houston wants him back. Uh, they but, better after losing Ariza. And so I don't even know if Bob Mute can be restricted. Whatever it is. But if they can get, you know, somebody like him, where he plays, when he plays, but kind of developed into a, a quietly competent three point guy. They're not, none of these guys are going to be the types of dudes other than Ellington who really move people around on the floor. And they probably could use a wing more than they could use another guard, which makes Ellington a little trickier. But at this point, you just got to pick somebody up who you think might be able to help. You stash him on the bench and you either play him or you don't. Yeah. I mean, they're not going to get great help at this no, point. At this point, all the really good names that are not restricted free agents that the Lakers can't get anyway because if they put that money that they have left over towards right, them. Right. One year, we'll offer you one year, five and a half. <laughs> pretty million, sure the other team's going to match. Qualifying offer. And they, right. They'll, they'll certainly match. It's like, thank you. <laughs> yeah. You're doing thank the other team a huge, huge favor. favor. Someone actually asked me that. Uh, on Twitter at Cam Brothers, if the Lakers could make that type of move for Clint Capella, and I'm like, the yes. Rockets certainly hope they yes. will. <laughs> one year, I, I don't think that is the offer sheet Capella is going to sign. Right, one year, five point three million. <laughs> no, um, so we'll see what they do. There's not a whole lot of help out there, um, and we, you know, it gets a. It, it makes me wonder, and we can touch on summer league here a little bit. How much they think those guys in Svi and Wagner can play. And I don't, I, I make a point out of not watching that much Summer League because it doesn't mean a whole lot aside from if you're good, it doesn't mean that you'll be good in the NBA. If you suck, it might be a well, problem. I mean, you and I have talked about this a lot of times in the past, is particularly over the last few years when the Lakers have actually had young guys that matter. What is important is that your second year guy yes. looks good in the summer league, and Josh Hart yes. 
doing very well in the summer league. That's exactly but I, you what know, you want to see. But it's interesting. I didn't even need to see that this year because I watched him play sure, effectively Sure, but I'm just saying like, it's, it's one of those things that just you're happy to see. Yeah, it's, it better, it's, better, it's better than the alternative. Right. So, you know, what's funny, though, is that you know, we don't know yet if Wagner can play, if Makila can play, but they look like guys who fit the exact profile of everybody else that the Lakers have gone out and drafted. You know, Wagner has shown the ability to handle his shooting has been okay but he's handled the ball really well he's finished nicely he's hands, much more i mean his hands have been better than yeah people, i mean I, you know, I obviously was not that familiar with mo wagner because like you i don't watch college basketball never, at all i've never heard of him yeah i would never heard of him either <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll cop to that i had no idea who that person was but he's much more comfortable putting the ball on the yes. floor and you know like creating his own shots he's going a, to the basket he's a euro big right he's a skillful guy who you know is going to have trouble switching maybe might not be so but he's more mo- I, again this is against yeah. summer league competition he is more mobile than i expected the euro big to be yeah he's, good, he's, he's been good more athlete. mobile than i expected and so yeah and mckee look, looks like he can you know he's again shooting reasonably well but three or four assists and he's got a couple steals here and there and he, a couple rebounds and one of these guys who just knows how to play. Svi, by the way, could be on this team for the next 10 years, and I will never feel fully confident that I'm pronouncing his name I'm, correctly. I'm, I'm okay with Mikhailik. Uh It's something like oh, no, that. No, no, no. I know, that, I know that's how you say it, but it's pronounced so much differently than it's spelled. It I'm actually, never going to be fully is, confident. There does seem to be. Because when you just say I've seen people, I've seen on Twitter people who are Michigan fans Arguing over how yeah, it's actually said. But like, if you just say, like, McKeelick, which is, I think, close enough that he's not going to yell at you, that doesn't correspond to the number of letters. That's what I'm saying. I'm never going to be fully confident, even if I know I'm right. Right. There's going to be a part just of me. Because you feel like you're leaving letters there's out. Going to be, there's going to be a part of me, Brian, just doubting myself for a, for a while. I get it. But it's, it, it speaks I'm not good to, with that stuff anyway. It speaks, no, you're not. You're, you're really <laughs> I'm not. not. Pronunciations That's part of the problem. Pronunciations and names are no. not your forte. If knowing what day it is is my, uh, my black hole, that's really yours. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but if the Lake, it, it just, it speaks to how the expectations now for Lakers draft picks. Like if either one of these guys turn out not to be great players, McKeelick was what? Like the 47th pick or something? Like 49th? Right. Like those guys never turn out to be good. And if he washes out of the league, everybody's going to be like, what the hell? Um, and, you know, Wagner drafted at 25. That's not usually a place where you find an impactful dude. But Lakers fans are going to be like, what the hell if it yeah. doesn't turn out well? So that's uh, that speaks to the the competence of the front But they both look regard. good in the summer league, and that's nice to see. Right. Again, doesn't mean you're going to be – they're going to be able to play this year. It doesn't mean they're going to be useful. There is a role for McKeelick especially um, as, a, as a wing who can shoot. Um, but and look, Mo and Wagner, Wagner may have an opportunity right. to be in the center rotation. I mean, right now it's Javale McGee and Zoo, neither and, of which do the stuff that well. Just neither of which Wagner inspi- does. Oh, forget neither one of them doing what Mo Wagner does. Neither of which inspire confidence. Period. Right, but I'm just saying, like, even if you, you figure you divide with this rotation, you divide it up based on need and whatever. There's nobody who covers. We need a, a five who can sure. stretch the floor out a little bit. So, sure. Um, Hopefully they think. Hopefully they can play because the Lopez would have solved that problem. That that's sort of my point though yeah. is like beyond Mo's skill set, there's just an overriding weakness at center. The three options, none of which make you feel great about playing more than like 15 minutes a night. Well, maybe just how they do it. Um, one more thing regarding the Lakers before we get to the JBL, which sounds it always sounds to me like 
uh, one of the many Jewish organizations. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a function of my upbringing as much as anything. Um, well, and also the, the JDL. The JDL, the which JDL. rhymes. But yes. it's uh, yeah, the Jewish Defense League. But it Very feels... different than this basketball organization. That different, you think? <laughs> okay. Um the, this, the, we, one of the questions that we're answering for a roundtable this week on The Athletic with uh, Bill Oram and uh, Jovan Buha and, and Pete is where the Lakers fit. Like, what would, how would you seed the Western Conference right now? Um, I cheated. We talked, I think, a little bit about this last week, but, you know, things have become a little more clear over the course of the week. I think it's uh, pretty obvious that there are three teams that are better than the other teams in the West. Golden State. It's is also the, it's the JBA, but right by the way. Oh well, it still makes me sound like a. Oh no no no! I'm not. So it's league instead of associate. It's association. It's the JBA league. league. JBA league. Yes. What? <laughs> <laughs> it's the. What's the J for? It's the Junior Basketball, Junior Association, Basketball Association League. League. Well, I mean, it's like everything with Big Baller. There's always well, this redundancy. One, one more thing. Like you don't need to call it the Big Baller brand because Big Baller is the brand. Yes. The, like. There's a. It's the JBA League. It's the JBA League. That's stupid. Look, I, I've said this a lot when it comes to everything Lavar Ball. There's been a need for some workshopping. <laughs> things are not. Things like, are not are launched often before they're fully baked. Yeah, I mean they they could use they could right. use a few people with a little more experience. JBA still sounds a little like a Jewish organization. Oh, it does. And there's no it just question. Doesn't rhyme we, with JDL. Yes. Um, but anyway. Uh, Golden State's clearly the best team in the in the conference. That was you know, with or without Boogie. Houston, I think, is still the second best team. There's still a gap there, I think, for me between uh Houston and Utah. Mm-hmm. Um and Utah's the third best team in, the, in mm-hmm. there. I think those three teams enter the season as the 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 guy the, the, the ones you'd pick to be better than the other one. I agree to a point. I will explain right. that after you're done. But um after that, the Lakers, Oklahoma City, um, New Orleans, Denver, Minnesota, um, when I'm leaving, and Portland. Honestly, if, if you told me that those five teams would be separated by two games in the standings this year, I, would, I believe that. I don't know. Forget how many wins, but like four through nine could be separated yeah, by it's two gonna be, games. It's going to be a carbon copy of what happened yeah. this year. Absolutely. And then and that, that ignores San Antonio for a moment. And if you want to throw them in, because, again, they won 47 games last year without uh, Kawhi Leonard. So even if you they trade him this year, let's say they trade him for Brandon Ingram and whatever, they're going to get more out of that role on the team this year than they did last year. They'll be better. And they won 47, so they could win 47, 48, 49 again this year. So now you're talking... Th- Four through ten, separated by potentially two or three games, and the Clippers, I think, are the next best team, but clearly lagging behind. But they'll be okay. You know, they won't be terrible. No. Um, 43, 44. The West is just brutal, man. It's insane. I mean, Phoenix should get better. I mean, like, there's... This conference is insane. Yes. Yes, it is. Dallas will be better. Yes. Um, I'm not going to give my entire rankings because I want to make sure that our loyal subscribers, uh, that they get a surprise. Right, because you could come over and read it to them. Right, (laughs) exactly. I'm going (laughs) to... Number one. Exactly. Golden State. Um, But there are two points that I will uh, 
give specificities to. First of all, I disagree with you that Houston is still the second best team in the in the. I no, I don't understand why. I actually think that they're going to fall a few pegs um, between missing Trevor Ariza, which I think matters for them a lot it does. because. He was able to play in any type of style or unit or no, configuration. No, he was an important player. There's no question. Um, I think they're going to miss him a lot, and they don't really have a great way to replace him. And I, you know, Chris Paul, PJ Tucker. Chris Paul is only getting older. Yep. And you know, I think the idea, they know probably that they had their best shot at taking out Golden State last year, and that's it could motivate them, but I think it'd also be deflating. Um, I also have the Lakers uh, pegged as the sixth seed for next year. And you'll see how I have everybody else, one through eight. But the six seed and the three seed, I think, will be nominally different at best yeah, when it comes to the actual Sure. I mean, records. it's one of those deals where like they're all going to be really close. Yep. Um, but the the point is... like, But my number three prediction, if it comes true, and the Lakers are six, it's a really, really fun first-round series. I think I may have pegged it this way just because I want to see you it. You want to see it. It'd be um, really Lakers fans, fun. use your imagination and figure out who would be the best team for the Lakers to see in the first round of the playoffs This would be year. fun. Um, point being, it, the Lakers could be – they will be – they have LeBron James. They will be significantly better this year, but it's not a guarantee that they're just going to be like a top-four team or something like nope. that just because they got LeBron. Nope. Um, so we'll see how that goes. And But it's going to be fun, despite the fact that Golden State is head and shoulders still better than everyone – I do think they are vulnerable. I do think they can be beaten. And every year, weird things happen, and they're one Steph Curry ankle turn away from in the playoffs from being very, very vulnerable, as we learned this year. Um, all right. Hold on. Hey, brothers. Welcome to my nation. Andy, we have uh, ball news. Yes. Uh, the JBA League. <laughs> the, the JBA League, the Junior Basketball Association League, <laughs> allow myself to introduce myself, uh, put out a rather detailed press release announcing that Leangelo Ball has joined the Los Angeles Ballers mm-hmm. uh, from Los Angeles. If you thought the first two, if you thought the first round of JBA leagues were exciting, then you have seen nothing yet with round two. The I, J- did, I did not. No. Narrator. Hang on. They did not. Hang on to your hats. <laughs> the JBA has exceeded expectations with teams virtually even in the standings. The Los Angeles What Ballers. does that mean? They've exceeded <laughs> expectations with teams virtually even in the standings? Huh? The, Lo- the Los Angeles ball. There are a lot of questions from this press release. <laughs> the Los Angeles Ballers, who were one of the favorites to win the JBA, I know that's in- where my money was. <laughs> fell in. Thank God for legalized sports gambling. Fell into a funk and have added an interesting piece to their squad. Oh, after NBA teams surprisingly passed on Leangelo Ball, he went to work out and give I li- teams. I like when press releases editorialize. He he went to work out and give the teams that passed him a show. After seeing the competitiveness of the JBA and the talent level, Leangelo made the decision to join the Los Angeles Ballers along with his younger brother, LaMelo, and was present for the first practice this past Saturday. I wonder how he heard about it. Do you remember remember when um, Tori Spelling got cast on 90210? Yes. And, like, she supposedly... Went in there and like didn't use her name. Yeah, she auditioned under a different name. Right. And like nobody knew it was Aaron Spelling's daughter and all these other things. She looks just like, she looks just like the girl that got bought mitzvah. (laughs) Right. (laughs) We were all there. Like, you know, and we were supposed to buy that Tory Spelling 
didn't every get year that role. I spend Christmases at the spelling estate and it looks like it's it. Just you know, like we all her, are doppelgangers. This is actually like harder to believe. It gets like better. the fact that <laughs> the fact that they're playing this straight, like he just chose this league mm-hmm. after looking around. Yes. You know, the G League wasn't his thing, summer league not his thing. You know what? I'm gonna take a look at this upstart JBA league. Again, <laughs> redundancy. Uh, and, and see what's there for me. Right. Uh, I continue. Uh, Leangelo actually addresses this. Quote, I just want to win for the team, Leangelo said. That's uh-huh. all I want to do. I'm trying to play ball, and I'm trying to get better every day. Not sure what that has to do with anything. Los Angeles got off to a great start as, as expected, but dropped back-to-back games to New York and Dallas. A tune-up was needed, and it came with the addition of Leangelo. It's all business, LaMelo Ball said. Quote, if you're not playing hard, you get sent home. They brought in Jello while he's been working out at home. This is the JBA. You have to come to play. I love playing yeah, with my go brother. Go hard or go home. That's right. We have great chemistry. It feels good to play with him again. I like I like how J- Mello is kind of putting Jello on notice here. It's like, look, huh? you think you can just waltz into the JBA and well, You know play. where they got that idea? They got that idea with the Lakers signing Rondo <laughs> as putting Lonzo on notice. That's right. Shot across the bow. I'm looking up the standings. The press release continues. <laughs> One team that has not surprised anybody. Has How many been... <laughs> games do you think these teams have played? By the way, I want to say three, three or four. Like yeah. they're all talking about this. Yes. Like there's these rocketing up and down yes. the standings. Like the league's been going on for six months. That's a very fluid league. Yes. One team that has not surprised anybody. This press release continues has been the Atlanta Ballers. Atlanta was expected to roll through everyone, and they have done just that. The only surprise was that. Wait, I might have been looking up the wrong team. The, the only. <laughs> Are you looking up the JBL? Different the only. JB. Surprise is that big man Corey Big Jelly Boyd has not been the key guy on that team. That is surprising. <laughs> Shooting dude. How is Big Jelly playing? Has he been disappointing? I mean, I wouldn't say he's been disappointing. He's just been overshadowed by the press release continues. Shooting du- duo Jordan Ray and Nigel ha- Cheney have been lights out for the Atlanta ballers while Big Jelly. Fion Brown and company do the rest of the work. Atlanta's deep roster will look to stay undefeated in round two. The team below Atlanta was in the bottom of the standings to begin the season, <laughs> but has soared to the second round. New York lacks height, but they make up for it with hard work and hustle. Calvin Brown has been the key to the team, mm. but he has had teammates step up when needed, like Morisana Camera, who led New York to their third straight victory on Thursday night against Chicago. It seemed like New York's winning spot got a boost with the addition hey, of Nolan Irby. The shape and scrappy mindset coach Marvin McCollum embodies, who are both natives of Harlem. As a Harrison Fagan pointed out, the editor-in-chief of Silver Screen Roll, this was a longer press release than when Clutch announced that LeBron was joining the Lakers. This is more important. Well, this is official, though. Right. I mean, remember, LeBron's LeBron, not here yet. Yeah, Le- LeBron can still turn his back on the Lakers. I, I, here's how you know that they are, in fact, paying these kids what they're saying they're paying them. They're clearly not springing for a guy to write press releases. Wow. doesn't speak English. Nearly what? that guy writing the press releases. That's a lot That's going a lot. on. That's a press lot going release. on there. So congratulations to uh, Lamella Ball. Um, for After a, surprisingly. For surprisingly <laughs> not being I mean, We were surprised. That I'm, is an I'm amazing glad landed, press release. It's a great release. We have it out on Cam Brothers if you didn't get a chance. Uh, but I am um, shocked. 
shocked that it turned out that way. By the way, I mean, does, am I the only one who thinks that these Los Angeles Ballers games are going to be ref like Putin hockey games? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be like, you know, you know how in the Philippines when uh, when a Manny Pacquiao, Pacquiao plays right, basketball, exactly. same thing. Yeah, um, it's going to be like that. I mean, <laughs> the, the, the first sign is going to be difference like, is nobody has to call. Lamello and Jello, dear leader. The first sign is that Lavar is actually one of the referees. <laughs> <laughs> Foul. Um, all right. Well, so we'll see how that turns out. I I don't think they've been well attended those games, but people are watching on Facebook. Maybe? Well, in what what could be described as an an orthodox unorthodox approach, I believe the first game was the night of the NBA draft. That's right. Yes, they are all the ballers. The Atlanta ballers, the Chicago ballers, the Dallas. This is brilliant, actually. It really is brilliant. <laughs> the Houston ballers, the Los Angeles ballers, the New York ballers, the Philadelphia ballers, and the Seattle ballers. It's branding on point. Do you know who the coach of the Los Angeles ballers is? No. Doyle Balthazar. That's a great That's name. A great name. It's <laughs> a really good name. It's a great name. Still can't find standings. That's okay. Yeah. Um, anywho, we we know that the LA Ballers got off to a slow start, but that's now fixed because they got Lee. No, they got off to a hot start, Andy, and then they. It's they very unclear. It's very unclear because I mean, how hot of a start can you be on when you've played like three games? I don't know. And we know that they lost back to back ones, so the whole thing is very confusing. I mean, unless this season has gone on much longer than any of us are aware of, and they've played like 20 games. They, they started on draft night. I'm just How saying, many games could they have played? It's very, very unclear what's going on in this league. I'm confused. Um, but anyway, Godspeed. <laughs> Godspeed to those little fellas down there in the uh, JBA league. Um, and we'll keep an eye on it and see how it goes, because this is the league that LaMelo chose. Mm-hmm. Um, and it very well may be the league that Lee Angelo or Lee Angelo chose, and that Lee Mello may never get out <laughs> <Lamello>. of Mello <laughs> may never escape. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh. We'll have more summer league stuff, and maybe more free agency, and then we're going to on. We're going to be out of town, so we'll see. We'll be back next week, though. Mm-hmm. So. All right. Anything else? Nope. See you later.